0: And so friends as we continue this Advent season together we're continuing our Advent series of services working together with our friends at Bellevue Baptist Church and Eastwood Baptist Church looking at the lectionary readings from the book of Isaiah. If you've missed uh, the previous two weeks you can catch those sermons on our website and be able to be up to speed with where we are. But as we begin today let us pray. And so gracious God, in these moments, may the words of my mouth and the reflections of our hearts and minds together this morning be found pleasing in your sight. O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. And so today is the third Sunday in Advent, which is sometimes referred to as Joy Sunday or as Gaudet Sunday. Gaudet comes from the Latin word meaning rejoice, and it's traditional that having focused on two more sombre readings for the first two Sundays of Advent, focusing on our need to rely on God and repent and to practice righteousness, the readings on Gordet Sunday include promises of healing and freedom and comfort. Now, if you're in a church that has more colourful candles for Advent, uh, then you'll find that most of them are purple, but the candle for today is pink. That is the one for Gaudet Sunday, for the third Sunday in Advent. Maybe we'll have more colourful candles next year. And as I was thinking about Joy and Gaudet Sunday uh, this week, I was reminded of something that my friend uh, Jane Day, who came to preach uh, for us in January this year, shared uh, something she shared once about a service she was leading at Germiston Central Methodist Church when she was living and ministering in South Africa where she invited the people who'd gathered to worship to finish the sentence, joy to the world, dot, dot, dot. The carol begins, of course, joy to the world, the Lord is come. And that's the amazing news we get to celebrate each year. But if we were to continue the theme, what might the end of the sentence be for us? And what might be at the end of that line for you and me today? When we're still in Advent, but we also have so much to be thankful for joy to the world the vaccine is being rolled out joy to the world racial justice is finally on everyone's agenda joy to the world we can begin to plan all being able to meet together in worship again joy to the world i can see my grandchildren over christmas joy to the world i have enough food for tomorrow how would you finish that line this morning when the ministers of Eastwood and bellevue and ourselves uh, were planning this series of services we decided to call it learning to dream again and in many ways that's what the season of advent invites us all to do in the darkest days both literally here for us in the uk and figuratively before christ comes As we look for signs of hope, as we strain to see a flicker of light on the horizon, we hold out and we hold on because we believe with everything we have left to give that change will come. We needn't look too far around us to see the darkness in our world. It's rife with injustice. We see plenty of people struggling in a host of different ways. And all of us will know people trying to navigate their way through all of that without the guidance and help of the Holy Spirit too. And part of our job, part of our calling our vocation in the midst of that darkness and that struggle is to be a community that can imagine something better, that have the capacity to dream, that can live like we can see the light on the horizon. Now, the day-to-day realities of our life and indeed of our life together make that hard to imagine, make it difficult to dream. We know the constraints, we know the reasons things can't be done. We know the things that have been tried before and haven't worked. Be realistic, we're told. Keep your feet on the ground. Can't you see the trouble we're in? But our calling as disciples of Jesus, our calling, yours and mine, is not to not ignore the realities and deny the pain but instead in the midst of it to keep calling us to what we can be and what will be it doesn't have to be like this it can be better it will be better that's the message of isaiah 61 in these verses we see so clearly god's heart for the broken for the sick for the poor we see god's commitment to dignity and hope and restoration but this isn't new this has always been God's heart in verse 3 it talks of oaks of righteousness and oaks are not sort of here today gone tomorrow kind of plants the image of oaks of righteousness is one of constancy and faithfulness of history spanning generations this message about God's heart isn't new This is what God has been working on the whole time. The passage is a glorious, sweeping, hopeful word to God's people. Help is on the way. Change will come. Justice will prevail. Hope is not lost. And what does that look like in this passage? Well, if you're looking at a key word in this chapter, I think the key word is the word instead In verse three, we read to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Or in verse seven, instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion and instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance instead, instead, instead This is a message for the people, a message I think uh, we can read too. That's what Old Testament scholar Walter Brueggemann calls a testimony to otherwise. It's like this, but it will be like this. God tells us that we will be crowned, that our community will be restored. We'll be able to meet together again. We'll be able to mean it when we say that everyone is welcome We'll laugh together and we'll pray together and we'll sing together. That day is not here yet, but we know it will be. And if we're to think about the places long devastated, the places of ruin and rubble, what would they be for you? What would they be for our community? Can you imagine what God might long to do? Can you let your mind go there? Can you feel it rise up within you? Might your soul rejoice even in the face of all we see and feel? Can we join with Mary who recognises God at work in her body, despite all the questions that brings and sings, my soul glorifies the Lord, my spirit rejoices in God, my Saviour. What messages of joy might we have to bring to the world about forgiveness and justice and love and wisdom? You see, we each have our part to play. In verse 6, we read, And you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. We can play our part in working to end injustice and bring comfort. We can show mercy and live generously. But more than that, and perhaps this Advent more than ever we as God's people are invited to be a community that helps each other and helps the world to not give up hope and that helps each other and the world to unearth joy. How might we be a community that helps each other and the world look for that light on the horizon and dream of something better? Do you have parts of the Bible that capture this sense of dreaming and what the kingdom is like for you? About what we could become, what we will be? I'd love to hear what they are. Do get in touch and let me know. The parables are, of course, great examples of Jesus trying to help us reimagine what life could be. Revelation 21 speaks of that great eternal hope. It's hard to better Isaiah 61, really. But I think the Beatitudes in Matthew 5 are part of this too. They're up there amongst the most famous parts of the Bible. These verses are all about blessing. It's not a list of conditions that we need to meet in order to be blessed. It isn't a list of instructions that Jesus gives us. This is the Saviour of the world, our Lord, the one whose birth we'll soon be celebrating, lavishly blessing the world around him, especially those That society doesn't seem to have much time for. People in pain, people who work for peace instead of profit, people who exercise a ministry of mercy rather than vengeance. Jesus is just blessing people, especially the people who aren't receiving a blessing from anybody else. That just sounds like something Jesus would do, doesn't it? Extravagantly throwing around blessings like they grow on trees. And friends, I think the link between these two passages, Isaiah 61 and Matthew 5, is important. Because often we we think we fall into the trap of believing that we need to be in a good place to be all sorted and have everything under control in our own lives before we can be of any use to God. How can I, with insert issue, sin, struggle here, be part of helping the world dream and have hope? Well, I think the Beatitudes speak directly to that concern this morning. Because blessed are those who doubt, those who are spiritually impoverished and those who are not certain about everything. Blessed are those who have nothing to offer. Blessed are those for whom nothing seems to be working. And blessed are those for whom death is not an abstraction. Blessed are those who have buried their loved ones for whom tears are as real as an ocean. Blessed are those who can't fall apart because they have to keep it together for everyone else. And blessed are those who no one else notices, the children who sit alone at the school dinner table. Blessed are the forgotten. Blessed are the unemployed and the underrepresented and the thoroughly unimpressive. Blessed are the teenagers who have to try to figure out how to hide the cuts on their arms. Blessed are those fleeing persecution and stuffing themselves into boats and cargo containers in the bid to be free from fear. Blessed are the foster children and the trophy children and the children with additional educational needs and every child who just wants to feel loved and never does. Blessed are the burnt out social workers and the overworked teachers and the solicitors who take on the cases of those who cannot pay blessed are those who delete hateful comments on their friend's Facebook page. Blessed is everyone who's forgiven us when we didn't deserve it. You see Jesus is helping us imagine what this new world might look like and it's going to involve us letting the spirit grow in our hearts a desire and a willingness to seek first to bless others. Jesus, who had all the powers of the universe at his disposal, but didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped or exploited, as we read in the second chapter of Philippians. But instead comes to us in the most vulnerable of ways, as a powerless newborn baby. As though to say, you may hate your bodies, but I am blessing all human weakness. You may seek power, but I am blessing all human vulnerability. This Jesus, whom we follow, cried at the tomb of his friend and turned the other cheek and forgave those who hung him on a cross. He was God's blessing to the weak in a world that only admires the strong. And so, friends, this morning, I say humbly to you, if you're listening today and you're mourning or feeling forsaken or abused or unseen or no longer useful, If you, perhaps like me, are all too aware that it's not your strength or your virtue that qualify you to be called a child of God, but it is your need for a God who makes beautiful things out of the dust, then, friends, may the blessing of Christ be yours today. And when you can, we're going to need your help building the new world There isn't much room on God's building site for those who have it all together and think they have it all worked out. But there's endless space for those that know that they haven't and know that they need Christ's forgiveness and hope. Don't hide your pain and your past. We need you as you are. And so today I invite you to bring all of yourself that you can to all of the Christ that you know. And trust that the new world, the Spirit is birthing, even at this very moment, not only includes you and welcomes you, but needs you and your voice. Verse 7 of Isaiah 61 speaks of everlasting joy. I can't help but read that without singing in my mind the song Everlasting Love. And isn't it just like the Spirit of God to cause us to sing, as we're stirred into life as God's people. Everlasting joy and everlasting blessing. That sounds like awfully good news to me. Let's pray together. And so gracious God, we thank you for the ways in which you help us dream and work to build a better world. Lord, would you come and inspire us, give us creativity, help us to be brave and bold for you. And Lord, we pray that you would help us to bring our wounds and our pain, our past and our struggles, help us to bring all of ourselves to you rather than waiting until we feel perfect and ready. And Lord, may you use the darkness and the pain May you use that in part of your kingdom work to help others discover the goodness of God for themselves. This we pray in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen.